about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Christmas, people battle a lot with loneliness and depression and sorrow and unhappiness. And especially when we're hitting towards the end of the year and people make an assessment of themselves and feel, "Mm, I didn't achieve this, I didn't achieve this, I thought I would be in a better position than this. So let's start to look at this. He says, arise from depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you, rise to a new life. Now, let me give you a bit of a background. Uh, this scripture particularly, it was a prophecy to Jerusalem, to the city of Jerusalem. And let me just do a plug right now. If you've n- never been to Israel, you should go because most of these things you will get to understand. You should go. It should be like a life ambition. It shouldn't be the Caribbeans or it shouldn't be Orlando. It should, you should just make it one of those things you need to tick off. I'm honestly telling you, I'm not getting any money from it, but I'm honestly telling you because there will be things that will really come to light in the scriptures. Because this scripture was particularly given to the Israelites at a very dark period. So down the centuries, the city Jerusalem has been conquered time and time again and left in utter ruins. I need you to say that whenever you read this scripture, you can understand the background. No one living at that time of its destruction thought that it would ever rise again. And because I've been there, I've seen the ruins. It is, it, they, they, it, they, they, that is the that land, that Israel, especially Jerusalem, is the most hated city in the entire world, even up till now. Um, so it's been conquered over and over and over again. And when th- those who saw it at that particular time had no hope that this would rise again. But it arose from the ashes of the Assyrian destruction. It rose from the ashes of the Babylonian destruction. It rose from the ashes of the Roman destruction. And in modern times also, it's risen from the the ashes of the... uh, Then we had the, the, the Muslims which came in with their own sovereign, totally decimated and destroyed the place. And although it is the capital of a small nation of people, the city seems indestructible. Follow me, I'm going somewhere. Why do you have to read this history? You need to, so you understand where we're going. And its people has survived exiles, untrolled atrocities, and deliberate attempt to exterminate them from the face of the earth. 
When you read history about Israel, when you read the total history, just about the 1940, the 1960s, the, 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 the whole stuff that went on, you will understand that the total aim was to totally exterminate that city. Um, Holocaust after Holocaust has been launched against the Jewish people and their nation. Nevertheless, these brave people have overcome and survived to raise Jerusalem and the nation from the ashes of total devastation. Are you following me? Interestingly, Jerusalem is considered to be the holy city by three major religions of the world. Judaism, the Jews, Islam, the Muslim, and the Christ Christianity, the Christians. The place that was a place of total destruction, ruins, and, and total devastation, even as recent as this century, is now considered the holy place for three major religions. And if you ever go to Israel, the, the, the church where they considered Jesus to be buried in the sepulchre, the big massive church, is actually maintained and run and opened and closed by Muslims. It's in the Muslim quarters. I know I can't really explain to you. Very difficult for you to understand it until you get there. But it's in it's a, the, the 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 temple of the Muslim is close by, and you have to go through some security before you can go to a place that is a Christian site but occupied by the Muslim. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the, and when you walk into Israel, especially when you get to Jerusalem, so you will see the devastation years over years over years. But the question is, it's in that kind of thing, prophecy is powerful. And the prophet says, arise, Jerusalem. Arise from that depression. Arise from that circumstances. Arise from that prostration that you found yourself in because your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. He, he, he said they should arise. Now, the, 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 the question is, when you look into history a bit and you find out the greatest achievers on the entire face of the earth, it is the Jewish kingdom. It's the Jewish people. Let me bring it home a bit, you understand? And I'm not Jewish, so I'm not plugging any ethnicity. Um, but even the killings and the stabbings in the streets of London, I am yet to find one name that comes from the Jewish community. It's a Wednesday service, you can refute it. I'm yet to find yet to find. I remember one day I had a discussion with one of them and I was trying to see how the church can fit into the community and all that kind of stuff and, 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 and a friend of mine was speaking to me about it and all that. And he said, and he has his church in, 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 in um, somewhere in um, Shafford 100 and all that. And he said he had an interesting discussion with one of the rabbis one time and he was telling them how he wants to bring the community together and all that kind of stuff. And the rabbi said, they don't do that. 
And he looks at him like, but you're in this community, why not? He says, no, they build their community and then the community comes and integrates with them. They don't integrate with the community, the community comes and integrates them. When they do great things, they will come and they will pay attention. It's kind of really funny because the, because of what they've been through, they have generated something within them that says no matter where we find ourselves, we will still rise. Are you following what I'm saying? So it was a prophetic word that was given that the fulfillment of it was also found in the New Testament in Jesus coming. And the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world and he will shine. So listen to me. So as we look at that background, it is a springboard to a very brief exhortation I want to give to you tonight. Arise and shine means that he's commanding us to perform. It means, he says, we should stand up, succeed, to waking up, to literally wake up from a sleep or from sitting or from lying down. He wants us to rise from the disease, from the death, or figuratively, he wants, he's saying to them prophetically, Jerusalem, arise from obscurity. He's saying to us, we need to rise from obscurity because if you go travel back in, 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 in history, God promised Abraham that this nation will be powerful. But although he promised them, they are the most, the most, what would I say, most attacked nation even up till now in the world. You really need to go because I'm trying as much as possible to explain a phenomenon that you do. It's a very small nation. I, I, I forgot to bring the map. And on every single side of that small Israel are enemies. Syria to the north, Egypt to the south, uh, pardon? Saudi Arabia also. Everybody that surrounds Israel has the potential to devastate them, Palestine to the, to, to, to the, to the northern, uh, northern uh, east. Everybody has the potential to actually ruin them, but they find it impossible. Because when the fulfillment of a prophecy arrives in a person's life, nothing can devastate it. Something just walks on their behalf and there's nothing anyone can do about it. But I found out that when you read history, you will find out that when there was a discussion going on between whether Israel will become a nation or not, the prime minister then made a statement that you will read when you walk into Israel all over the place, never again. You will always, it's written in their language, but it's called never again. And he said, he stood up, he says, never again will Israel, will the nation Israel be scattered. Never again. And that's the reason why you will find out that in all these controversies going on, they will first attack before they come to sit down. They won't sit down first and start negotiating. They will first attack and then come and negotiate because they are protecting the fact that never again will there be a holocaust. Never again will the, the, the nation of Israel ever be scattered. We will sit down and fight. Now that is what is called rising. 
No one is going to fight on their behalf because the issue was they didn't want them to become a nation. And he said, we will be a nation and people will come out. And now check the Nobel Prize Awards in science and every kind of stuff that has occurred. You will see the Jews, the most achieved are the Jewish nation. Pastor, why are you saying that? It's because, funny enough, we're plugged into a descendant that comes from Abraham. And the prophetic word that was said to them is the prophetic word that is being said to us. The problem is that God is saying to us, we have to rise from depression, prostration in which circumstances have kept us. The issue with the church most of the time is they're looking for someone to help them rise while God is saying to you, you've got to rise because I've mentioned that word and it will be fulfilled in your life. So it is time for us to rise from sloppy living to a place of abundance and dominion. It's time to rise. God has not got us saved for us to live a life of mediocrity. God does not create losers. God does not create cheap merchandise. So there are three things that God said to me while I was meditating yesterday on this scripture. He says rise. The first thing you need to recognize is that when he says rise, rise means you need to rise to see. You need to rise to see. So for the rest of this year, don't talk about abundance. See abundance. Because what you see is what you will eventually become. He had to make Israel, he had to make these guys at that particular time to see that they will rise and they will shine. Because if you don't see it, talk is cheap. Are you following what I'm saying? Someone can talk the talk and when you see them, you think, is, is that all? Because what you see actually affects what you say. Are you following what I'm saying? I love you. That's talk. You want to see that love in demonstration. Do you love me? What have you done for me? What do you do? What can I see in the demonstration? Oh, I love you from my heart. I don't see your heart. I see the result of what your heart is doing. And so we've got, you, you, you've got to see that you can rise from depression into light. You've got to see that you can get out of debt. You've got to see that I can have meaningful relationships. I can marry. I will be married. I can make it in life. I have a purpose for my life. You can see that even, even if we're part of relationships, about, I can make something out of my life. You've got to see it, not depend on somebody to see it for you, even though you may be in an adverse circumstance. Nobody walks out of a difficult situation unless they see themselves out of it. Remember, I was watching a film some time ago about Tina Turner. And until she saw herself out, she didn't move out. She kept saying it until one day she saw that I can make it. And she left with only the clothes on her back, begged 
a hotel uh, uh, manager to take her in for the night, took off her ring. The guy said no, bloodied, punched, blood all over her clothes, and asking the guy, I will pay you back. When she left the marriage, she only said, I don't want anything. The guy said he owns this, he owns that, he owns the, the songs, he owns this, take everything. All I want is just the name because I have been punched too much for that name. She left and the guy said, what is the name? Leave the name. He didn't realize that, that name is what will make her. But she saw it. She saw that I need to get out. So it, she didn't stay in that depressive situation that circumstances has put her. And that's why the Bible says we live by faith and not by sight. My passion tonight is no matter what we have preached over the last few months, you also have got to see it that I can make something out of myself although circumstances is saying otherwise. Let me go back to the story I, I read. Ev- nobody living at the time of the destruction of Jerusalem could ever see that it will rise again. And this is what prophecy does. This is where you talk to yourself does. Prophecy goes against your circumstance. When you speak the word of God, it makes you see what is not happening. He told him, he said to Abraham, lift up your eyes and see. Because until you see, you will not be able to move. And if you see yourself consistently and habitually depressed, so you will be. If you see yourself consistently uh, waking up in the morning, I don't feel like going out, I don't feel like doing this, I don't feel... That is what you will get because you can't see yourself getting out of it. And no matter how much we preach, no matter how much we teach, the problem is the Bible says, arise. He wasn't speaking to it. He specifically says, arise and shine. It was a commandment to us. He didn't say you have to depend on someone to lift you up. You can rise and you can shine. So anyone that bases his life and lives by what he sees cannot walk in the abundance of God. I'm asking as my message is rising into the abundance of God. The world was created and it was held by faith. Many people believe in their pay pack, pay packet. They believe they don't believe in the God who owns the source of it. See the positive. We're always looking down at things because we are not looking up to the Lord. Looking up helps us have a good outlook in life. You are the architect and the builder of your life, not people. We have to develop the ability to see light in darkness. Your rising does not depend on your environment. I've preached this before. Faith is the evidence of things what not seen. Visualizing the result. Get a picture in your mind. Take a photograph. Paint a picture. 
My wife and I recently went somewhere, went on holidays and came back. I had seen it a long time ago. I took the picture, pasted it on the wall. I will get there. My son had believed I had seen where he is going to go. I had seen the school. So against his circumstance, we still saw it and we gravitated towards it. I'm telling you, your eyes are powerful. If you see yourself flipping burgers for the rest of your life, you will be flipping burgers. If you see yourself always being the assistant manager, you will be an assistant manager. If you see yourself always uh, 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 trying to manage in life, you will always manage in life. You have got to see yourself getting above and beyond. See it. There is no cost for dreamers. It costs you nothing. Are you following what I'm saying? And the only way it is... The only way we get out of situations, depression, is until we see it. The man, the young man who had a righteous living, he sat where he was and he said, you know what, I can see that even my, the servants of my dad eat good food. Why am I sitting down there? And then he got up and he moved in the direction of what he saw. Please guys, we've got to start to see possibilities. Everything that is possible now was at one time impossible. Your mobile phones didn't just come into your hands. It was impossible. When we were growing up, those who had mobile phones were rich men or drug users. It was massive inside the car. Have you not seen those... I, I, I grew up with someone carrying a massive phone. You know, they were carrying that big, massive, chunk phone. And they, they must be rich or drug users. The first time I sat in someone's car, and the phone just rang and he just pressed the button and it just came up. Oh no! I was like, wow! Then I was driving a beat up Toyota. I never thought anything like that could happen. And two things happened to me that I didn't realize. Not just in the last two decades, really. We were going to the car. I just pressed the stop. All the lights just came on. And the old phone just said, wow, God. When... <laughs> I didn't see myself. Even when we wanted to buy a car, I've shared this testimony over and over again when my wife and I were believing God for a car. We were believing for different separate things. So believing God for a small Honda that can work better. She was leaving, believing God for a, a Mercedes. We prayed and prayed and prayed. God didn't answer our prayers. I now know why. And let me say to you this. You know this funny thing where they say come in agreement. You know, let's hold each other's hand. You, you, before you hold the person's hand, you've got to ask, what exactly are we agreeing on? Because nothing is going to happen. I mean, it was one day I just said, what car are you actually believing God for? Because the way you pray, you're praying fervently. I'm just praying. She said, ah, honey, it's a Mercedes. And are you all right? There's something absolutely wrong with you. Ah. He said, don't you like it when people just press the button and you just... I'm like, can we even afford it? And she looked at me and said, I've told you. When you buy it, right, those kind of cars don't go back to the showroom. And I said, okay, let me just follow. I piggybacked on her faith. Three months down the line, we got the car. Three months down the line. And it wasn't like we got the car because we went to debt. I just believed it. And God showed up. And I got a new job. And the job came with the car allowance. And the car allowance was even more than what we were paying for this. 
So when the car allows me, I didn't need faith to ask or discernment or hear voice, God's voice on what to buy. I just went to buy. And when I bought it, it was like, wow. She saw what she... And she was learning to drive. She learned how to drive well in a Mercedes. It was battered. At the, by the time we returned it back, they didn't want it. <laughs> how, do you, how do you drive perfect? How do you learn how to drive in that, such, such a car? Because she saw it. It's her faith. The fact is, someone dared to imagine something. And it came to pass. Someone dared to imagine like, you know what? These phones that are only for the exclusive, I'm going to make it for everybody else. And you know these phones first started like only making phone calls. Someone imagined like, I, I should be able to send the text. No, it was first BB. You have to get the BBI number, you know, those uh, blue, black berries. Is it blueberry or black? And you had to find that you have to ask us to send you. And this, this is too, someone just imagine one day, this, 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 this is just too much. You should be able to just send a text message. And then before you know anything, we had WhatsApp. Like someone just sat down and said, you know, I just want to be able to communicate with someone without text, without, and, 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 and bam, it's, it's what you felt was impossible has now become possible. Now our phones work faster than a PC. Because when I started in IT, the, the hard drive was this thick. We were, we were doing what was called slaving on it, which means you can take one hard drive and you take it out and then you can put it into another computer and all that. And the computers were big. Now, they're so small, but they're gigabytes. There was nothing like, now we have terabytes. There was nothing like that. It was megabytes. If you have 300, 400 men, you, you'll, be da- you'll be dancing. This, this is how I grew up in IT. External drive. Which external drive? Cloud? Which, first time they said cloud, I was looking up. <laughs> but people saw it. People, somebody just said, you know, the moon. Going to the moon will soon become a commercial thing. Has it not become commercial? If you have the money, you can. Sooner or later, someone's going to reduce that money. It's going to reduce after a particular time. It will become a common thing. Not sure I will go, but... Uh, but so it is. So when God says rise, he says you can only rise if you can see. See is the first thing. Rise also means what I call sureness. Sureness. I would explain what I mean by that. Rise means to see. Rise means sureness. Sureness means... Don't destroy your self-confidence. No matter what the year has thrown at you, don't lose confidence in yourself. Can you hear what I'm saying? Don't lose confidence in yourself. Romans chapter 8 verse 37, he says, Nay. Romans 8 37, the first thing he put is nay, N-A-Y. He says nay, you understand? Nay. Like, no, in all these things, we are what? More than, so the first thing they saw is that the name means everything that I've been through, forget it. Because in all these things, we are more than a conqueror through him who loves us. 
So there was the first scene that I'm more than a conqueror. And then there was a sureness that I'm more than a conqueror because of him, not because of me. You will never rise until you see. You will never rise until you're sure. Build a good picture about yourself. Poor self-worth creates an invisible ceiling that can stop a person from attempting to rise above the self-imposed limitations. Remember, if we go back to the scripture, it says, arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. That means there are some circumstances that have been designed to keep you in a place of depression and prostration. And he's saying, I, can, I see that that circumstance is there, but you need to rise. Because after a while, we become conscious, we become failure conscious. Sometimes we become more problem-oriented than possibility-oriented. We concentrate on our weakness and lose confidence and self-respect. That's what we tend to do. So the question is, have you got your eyes on yourself or have you got your eyes on the solution? It's a choice. You are who you are. Just accept it and move on. I'm not trying to be like someone else. I'm not trying to preach like someone else. Recently, I was watching um, um, an interview with uh, a guy called Buble. What's his first name? Michael Buble. And, um, yeah. Um, There are one or two of his songs that I like, but the rest... um, But then I was looking at him, and and the the, the person interviewed him and says, it seems you can sing very different genres or sing other people, what other people sing. He says, yes. He says, when he was growing up, he went to, I'm not sure if it was Frank Sinatra or one of these guys, and the guy said, steal from every person who knows how to sing. Just steal from them and make it yours. And so he sang different, you know, ways he can sing. He said, this one, I stole from this one, this one, I stole from this one, this one, I stole from this one. He mentioned all these popular, these great singers. And he, 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 he sang the way they sang. And he says, that's why when you see my albums, I can sing. Any- In fact, his Christmas album is still the most popular all around the world. Yeah, his Christmas album. He, he hates it, but it's, that's the most popular one. But he can sing different ways. He says, I just stole. And then it became a Michael Bublé. So I'm not saying you can't learn from someone, but you don't have to be someone. You don't have to be them. Your rising means that you have a sureness that you are secure in who you are. So you are at peace with God and fellowship with man. All these things about depression, all these things about sorrow, all these things about, ah, I don't know how I feel, comes from two things. You're not seeing and you're not sure of yourself. You clearly, you must clearly understand that failure is an event, not a person. That yesterday has ended last night and today is a brand new day. 
On Sunday, I was preaching to some young people in the church. It was a massive church. Uh, uh, and I was talking about failure. Likewise, failure is just an event. You've got to fail. Everyone fails. Everyone fails. If you never failed an examination before and you came out with the first class, God bless you, you're still going to fail. It's not, a, it's not a curse. You are. Nobody grows up without, nobody, no, nobody grows up without facing issues. Goliath didn't get decimated without the man standing up, but he also understood that when he defeated Goliath, he was the most successful man in the entire probably world. Until he failed with Bathsheba. Bathsheba was a woman. Goliath was 9 feet, 10 feet tall. You fell. But the problem is, we just refuse to rise. And when I talk about failure, I need to understand, we need to go back to that same scripture. Failure is not something that you did by yourself. Sometimes circumstances make you fail. Are you following? It's like death. There's some debt you acquired. There's some debt somebody acquired it on your behalf. But you still need to rise. Are you following what I'm saying? And so it's very important for us to recognize that when God wants us to rise this year, we've got to rise, we've got to see. You've really got to see it. And, oh God. I preached a message some time ago, and someone just reminded me, sharing a testimony with me, you understand? I said, the, oh, he, he, he wasn't in church. He just downloaded it from the podcast. He was saying, podcast is really important for him. He downloaded it, and he was just moving with your doubts. What he struggled for, for nine years. I told him, we need to tag team and preach together one of these Sundays. You'll see. What he struggled for nine years. He says, when I was in the darkest moment of my life and I felt I was rejected over and over again and I thought it was done. He just said, I'm going to proceed still with my doubts. I doubt this, but I will still continue until he got to the place where God wanted him to be. Yesterday has ended and it ended last night. Today will end by 12 midnight. You've got a brand new day to shine. And number three, rise means to see, rise means to be sure, and rise means to stop. Stop. If you can get me Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 to 3, it means, when I say stop, it means, the Bible says, in the beginning, uh, give me the King James or New King James, uh, because if I use the, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay? The earth was what? without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Verse 3. It says, Then God said, Let there be what? Light, and there was light. Before light, what was there? Darkness. What did God do? He stopped darkness and says, Light be. If you are going to rise, you've got to stop being hindered by darkness. He says, arise, arise from that depression. You've got to stop. The, 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 well, uh, let, me, let me quickly do this. And I said this at the beginning of the year, on the 31st. The man who was at the temple begging for money, when he met Peter and John, they looked at him and said, silver and gold have we not, but what we have we give unto you. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What did he say they should do? Rise and walk. Rise what? And walk. What they were saying to him is, rise and stop being hindered by two things. One, stop being hindered by your dysfunction. Oh. Rise. And two, stop being comfortable in that circumstance. Which means I want to stop a season and begin a new season in your life. And let me say this. If this is the only thing I'm going to say and, and drop tonight. You've got to learn to walk with your dysfunction. Let me, let, me, let me put it another way. You've got to be able to learn to function with your dysfunction. Because this is, the, this, 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 this is where, we, where, where we really need to talk. Meaning, God can heal a dysfunction or you can prosper regardless of the dysfunction. Oh, I grew up, I, uh, I didn't have a father figure, I didn't have a mother, I grew up, I was, um, I, was, um, I was abused, I was violated, and all that kind of stuff. Yes, it happened. Do you understand? But th that kind of thing cannot be changed. Are you following what I'm saying? We, I grew up in a dysfunctional house. You can't change that. But God didn't say that that circumstances should stop you from functioning. When he looked at Jacob, Jacob, God touched the hollow of his, uh, uh, his, 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 his knee. And then he, from that day on, he was walking with a stick. He had a dysfunction. But from that day, he prospered more than when he hasn't had that dysfunction. Are you following what I'm saying? It's kind of when I use examples like Ray Charles. He had a dysfunction, but he functioned. And so many Christians are expecting everything to look right and be right and let me be healed before I can do another thing. No, it doesn't happen like that. You can function with your dysfunction. Because even God looked at, looked at, uh, uh, looked at Paul. And Paul said, God, remove this thing from me, this, this, this stone. And God said, my grace is sufficient. He means carry on. My grace will carry you to the highest heights and you will achieve more than you can achieve with the dysfunction. Many of us want to eradicate our past. No. Sometimes you can't do anything about it, but you can still function. I can't change my father. I can't change my mom. And I can't change my siblings. I wish I could, but I can't. But you function. Prince Charles is now 70 years. With all the dysfunction that happened, the uh, opinion polls are changing. Are you following what I'm saying? The, 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 in a dysfunctional atmosphere, it was pretty good that everybody now knows that everybody comes from a dysfunctional place. One way in your lineage, so was dysfunctional. But you can still achieve it. The guy said to the kid, says, yes, you can't walk, but still rise. If he didn't function, regardless of his inability to walk, he will never walk. Do we know if he ever walked properly like everybody else? No, we don't know, but we know he was never begging again. So yes, we can move on. Yes, someone ditched me. Yes, someone disappointed me. Yes, yes, someone doesn't believe in my dreams. Yes, I thought they would support me. No, they didn't. Go on. I don't have enough money. Function. 
I want to achieve this, but I can't still function. Rise means that you, are, you stop being hindered by the disease. You've got to stop it. You, may, you have made friends with your past. You are focused on the present. And you're optimistic about your future. Makes you stop any situation. Sometimes you have to make friends with your past. Like, thank God it happened to me. Because if it didn't happen to me, I won't be where I am. I was disappointed. I was let down by a church. I was kicked out unceremoniously. But I didn't allow that dysfunction to make me dysfunctional. It was hard. I cried. I wept. But looking back, if I had a thousand or a million pounds, I would give it to that man. You, what, what you meant for evil, God turned it around. Joseph functioned in his dysfunction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He was in prison, a dysfunctional area. But he still functioned. Many of us will be depressed that we finish our life has come to an end. He was so happy that they put him in charge of all the jailers. He was the best jailer or the best person in jail you've ever seen. Best accused you can ever come across. And they made him the head. And it's because of his very nice attitude that they said, you know, he looked at... I, I, I know I've preached so many times, but until you are able to continue functioning with your dysfunction, you will remain dysfunctional. He looked, he was still going around, why, why are you sad? Why are you sad? Oh, I had a dream. Tell me the dream. I had a dream. Interpreted the dream. Two years later after the dream, he became the prime minister. After he interpreted the dream, maybe he was thinking, he, 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 he said it. He said, when you get there, please don't forget me. How many of us have said that? <laughs> when you, when you, you helped them get there. And then they forgot you. When you get there, don't forget me. So he was looking for something back. Two years later, nothing happened. So he was still in jail for another two years. Another two years. The, the Bible says the baker forgot he ever existed. Until a dream came up. I said, today I remember my sin. And I've said this over and over. You will hear it till Jesus comes back. God just didn't, it wasn't time. God said, it's not your time. You're not coming out of this jail to become a servant again. You're coming out to become the prime minister. So stay in that position until it is your time. God is doing a, doing a massive favor for some of us. If I had married earlier than I had married, I would have been divorced by now. God just knew you're still a fool, so let me still deal with your foolishness. And he had to. And let me find someone who can deal with your eccentricity, your dysfunction. And so God had to prepare the person. And everybody else that I was going out was, was trying to enhance my dysfunction or show me I'm dysfunctional. Until she came in and said, mm, I know you're trouble, but God said, showed me in a dream. So thank God it's a dream. But it, she was set up to be able to deal with that aspect of my life. Now, I was the last out of seven friends, but I've enjoyed the longevity of what God has happened. So when I sit down with someone and they're complaining, this, 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 I'm like, I keep quiet. You know, sometimes you don't share your testimonies, you just be quiet. <laughs> 
How do I know that I have stopped my situation and I'm rising? You know that success doesn't make you. And you know that failure doesn't break you. You know you, you, you're filled with hope. You're filled with faith. You're filled with love. You live without anger. You live without greed, guilt, envy, or thoughts of revenge. You can look back in forgiveness. You can look forward in hope. You can look down on others with compassion. And you can look up with gratitude. That's when you know you've stopped the past to rise. You cannot rise until you are filled with faith. Until you are filled with hope. Until you live without anger. Until you live without greed, guilt or envy. Until you live without the thought I'm going to take revenge. Until you can look back at some situation and say I forgive you. And then you can look forward in hope. Down with compassion as I've said. And up with gratitude. It is not God's will for you to be small. We have all the resources and the assets at our disposal to live a life of a triumphant life. God wants you to be successful. He did not say rise alone. He says rise and walk. Meaning you need to walk away from that death. Walk away from that stagnancy. Walk away from that hurt. You need to walk away from the things that keep you down. And there is a difference between making a mistake and rising to walk away from that mistake. Walk means that I can walk in Christ even with this deficiency. So when the Bible says, as we go back to what God said to us in the beginning, as we're entering into the twilight of 2018, he says, arise. And if I'm going to arise, I've got to see that I can do that. I've got to be sure in myself. God has given us all the ingredients that we need to be able to move forward. And then God says, you have the ability to stop. The prime minister of, 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 of Israel says, never again. And never again has it occurred. Never again. You stop what has happened in the past and you step into the future. That is the confidence that God wants us to do to be able to move forward in the things that God wants to do for the remaining part of the year. And so that when we walk into our 2019, we are sure of where God is taking us to and where we're going. 2018 is not a bad year. It was just a challenge for us to rise. And in 2019, he's bringing all things together for our good. You've got to rise. But if you stay with that same attitude as you walk into it, nothing's going to change. He didn't say that the circumstance is going to change. He said, you've got to rise from that circumstance. So I may still be in the same house, but my attitude has changed. I may still be in the same job, but my attitude and my perspective has changed. He says, change your perspective. Because when you change your perspective, you will change your situation. They may not clap for you right now. They may not salute you right now. It may not look like it's working right now. But after two years, you're coming out. I mean, two years figuratively in the terms of Joseph. Not in your lifetime. It could be two days. It could be two hours. It could be two months. But a bad attitude will stop your altitude. God said you should rise. And when these guys, when God said it, every single thing at that particular time was negative. So stop talking about the negativity and start speaking about what you see. And I'm telling you, 
Your 2018 has not finished yet. There's a God of a miracle who can turn things around. And there's a God who says, when I say you should rise, you will rise. And he will take you to a greater height. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you have any questions? Any questions? From anywhere. From any topic. Spoken or not. Any questions? Any questions? I heard my wife share this testimony on Sunday and I still love it because, of course, the daughter of ours had a project she had to do. The circumstances was bad. In fact, she didn't even tell me the circumstances. I read it on, on Facebook. And of course, when you rise, people will rise to help you. There's an African adage that says this, and my dad used to say it. He says, a child that opens his arms allows the father to pick him up. Many of us are just still like this. We're in fear. We can't do it. She rose to the challenge. Circumstances were still the same. But as she started to rise, her light started to shine. And what she was aiming to achieve, she achieved it. Just like that. Not saying, oh, I can't go any forward. There were times there was doubt. And I'm sure there were times she was crying. There were times like, God, is this ever going to happen? In fact, there are times I ask her, how is it going? She says, hey, 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 God is on the throne. I know that is what she said, but not what she... So she's still moving with her doubt. But she arrived. Rise. The Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord shall rise up like eagles, not stay there. Rise, guys. Even if it takes one single step, you can rise. Even if it takes pain of one death, you can rise. Even if it starts you, you listening to the word of the prophet and stop spending money recklessly, you will rise. What looks like a mountain can come down when you see it. I was talking to two sets of young girls today about their finances. Said, Before I settle down, you have to see this thing. And when they saw it, one of them said, by April, I'm debt free. And I knew she's going to be debt free. There's something that just started on the inside of it, like enough is enough. It, until you reach that point where you say enough is enough, you won't stop it. Rise means to see, rise means to be sure, rise means to stop. You've got to stop the season and move into your other state. And you do it with holy anger sometimes. This has got to stop. It has to stop. It has to stop. And when I make a move, God says that I will now go before you and make the crooked path straight. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020 7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle 131 St. John's Way N19 3RQ Archway, London Thank you for listening